Hey, everybody, this is Not a Journalist with Brian Holiday, and I'm talking with Tristan de Lala, a Montreal playwright, actor, director, um, Renaissance man, uh, activist, spokesperson. Uh, sir, uh, there is so many things on that list of what you do that I got to say. First of all, thank you, and also impressive. Well, man, pleasure. Thank you for, uh, for doing this and keeping this going, and yeah, it's good to talk. So, what's up? What's up, Doc? Bugs? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I reached out to you because I've been doing a whole bunch of Not A Journalist episodes and talking to a bunch of different people, um, and I hope this isn't a weird one, but you're one of the people that... Oh, not, not in a bad way, but I, I was more okay. nervous about asking to talk with you because... Um, I definitely, and I said that in the intro, I, you do so many things that I was mm. nervous to ask to talk to you, one, because I was just like, I don't want to waste his time. He has so much <laughs> that he's doing that I'm just like, I, you know, I don't want to be this like, hey, how you been? No, no, no. Come on now, no. But, but genuinely, like, it, it's, it's also, I just, I've seen you, like, it, it's also that thing of like seeing someone, even if I've seen you in person, seeing someone on TV always adds that slight feeling of like, Oh, okay. I mean, they're approachable, but at the same time, they're doing things. So you get a little bit more nervous about that interaction. Um, I guess. I guess I never feel that because because I'm like because I do the thing and I'm like that is my world. Yeah. So well, that's what I was going to ask you. That. Yeah. When you first started, what was it like working with? Because you know, you start off and you're working with like a few people, and then you start to like get bigger roles, and you're working with like people that you've seen do things. What was, what was that kind of first initial for, who was the first person that you were just like oh snap and what was it like as you saw yourself glow up to these different projects sure i like so my first project ever i worked with david duchovny from x files <laughs> hot damn okay um and he was cool like i was i was only there for like maybe two days uh not even like during the whole shoot or anything it was this movie called in the end, it was called The Secret. Mm. Uh, my role was Fubu Boy <laughs> because they're like, "Oh, we need a we need a black guy with a Fubu shirt." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." Um, I played his daughter's boyfriend, and then in the edit, I was just like a guy in school who had on a blue T-shirt because they took the Fubu T-shirt off me. Oh. Um, but my name was still Fubu Boy. So anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But it was. Um, I guess in the beginning, I felt the same way mm. because, you know, you see these people doing these things. You grew up watching shows like The X-Files and then you're like, yeah. oh, he's right there in person. You say hello, you eat lunch, whatever. And then it just kind of becomes part of the normal thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you quickly realize that, you know, these are just people too. Artists, actors, people who are actor, yeah. most people who, who like, who this business like is mystified, who not is mystified. Most people who are like, whoa, you're an actor. You must be like tons of money. And I'm like, you don't understand what that means. Actor <laughs> means actor. It doesn't mean millionaire yeah. or celebrity. It means, you know, the art comes first. Mm. Um, and those of us who do the art understand that even those who have achieved greatness and tons of, you know, tens of thousands of millions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're still they're still just people first. Yeah. Um, and then you learn to appreciate that they can work at that level and still just be people. But it's it's how the rest of the world thinks they see you, right? Not how you see yourself. True. True. And that's really True. what changes the dynamic between, you know, those those celebrities who are approachable at like, you know, the cons and stuff who who sign autographs and take photos or who charge like no money or ten bucks instead of like seventy five bucks. Oh, bless them. Like Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's such a there's such a, a gap, but I'm sure we'll get to that. So yeah. And so that was the first project of man, David see like even just that story, I'm just like, David Duchovny is your first in the first project. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds insane, but so cool. Uh it's a good movie too. It's a good movie. I gotta watch you see it. me for like four seconds, but it's a good movie. Uh, hey man, that's that's part of the fun sometimes <laughs> when you see your friends and, and people you know when they're starting off and you're just like, Oh, there you are. Uh, yeah. uh, so at the beginning, I mentioned all the different things that you do. Is there one that you feel is the where you start? Uh, like, are you yeah. an actor first? Are you a playwright first? Are you a like which which one do you say is the first? I'm an art. I'm 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 an actor first. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always like even as a kid, and like when I was a young kid, when I was older, 
you know, chubbier kid. And then I went as a was chubby teenager and all this stuff. I was always that, that kid who was drawing or painting or sculpting or smashing things or <laughs> reconstructing things. Uh, I like to play with like crayons and wax, mm. tons of like different paints and uh, scrapbooking. And I was always just creating something tangibly mm-hmm. um, because I had a, I had a really bad speech impediment until I was about like eight, nine years old. I couldn't really speak properly or I didn't have the confidence to because I would get nosebleeds. I would stutter like all the time, all the oh, time. Okay. I lock, my, I lock myself in the bathroom with books, um, just practicing how to like speak out loud and say things out loud. Words I've said before, books I've read before, but it wasn't until I like, I was able to, I don't know how, but one day it all just kind of stopped. Yeah. And gradually i found my voice and was able to um use that to make my art vocally as well yeah or verbally rather and then i so i got into like public speaking got into like a lot of like uh student council stuff oh, at school uh got into you know drama class and all that and just performing on stage verbally and vocally and then i was like oh oh this is this is i am my instrument it's not just you know, a paintbrush or a saxophone or, you know, a box of crayons. It's, it's me. Yeah. I can use it. I can, I can paint the thing using me. And then, and then the, the floodgates kind of open from there. Yeah. Yo, that sounds like a really dope realization to have that moment where you can realize yeah. I am that inner. It's funny. I just had a conversation with uh, someone we were talking about spirituality and she said similarly, like with the moment you realize that it it's inward out and not outward in, it changes your whole Always. perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel like that might be one of the biggest lessons I'm learning in all these conversations. A lot of people are talking about how like I discovered this about within myself and was able to project it out in this way. Uh, yeah. When you started Same for me. Yeah. yeah. When you started writing like plays and stuff or works was that just was that an expression of the inward out? Was it uh, and I mean I guess it's Actually, I'll let you answer because I was I was like starting to th- picture and like formulate that like like the meme with the woman with the math equations around her head. I started seeing things <laughs> as I was saying it. But, I would say like like most of the things I wouldn't I wouldn't consider myself a playwright because hmm. all the plays that I've started I haven't finished. They're all sitting in a, in a <laughs> I'm looking at the chest. I have a big chest in front of me in the living room with all my old books and like just tons of. I have tons of books of songs. Mm. Like I wrote a lot of songs and poems. That was my thing. Um, but all the plays or stories, I've written some stories, but like all the plays and scripts that I've written, mm-hmm. none of them are finished. Okay. They're finished in my head. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I, I still don't, I haven't acquired that tool yet of how to put that onto paper properly. I will mm. someday, but um, but yeah, I would say more, way more poetry and songs okay. than uh, than plays, yeah. Does it ever feel like I, I know sometimes for me one of the reasons I don't like to finish things is because I like the idea of the world I've built. Yeah. Uh, like I know when when I was younger I started writing and I wrote like I easily wrote maybe like a thousand pages. Just I just had this fictional character named Maverick and he was in a weird apocalyptic world and his girlfriend was named Mahogany and they dealt with barons in different areas. And every time I came close to finishing it, I I would be like, but then like, but this could happen. And then I was just, it, it was just the idea of like finishing it felt like I was going to almost felt weird to me, felt like I was killing the character because to, mm. to finish it meant they weren't going to, I mean, I could write sequels, but that, that, felt to me like a weird close and i was like shutting them down and i was like i can't and then my computer crashed and i lost everything and i cried for two days um but <laughs> back in the era i mean like backups part, part of that too is is i think it's maybe like fear based because mm. i i come from the same place but like on top of having that same thought of like oh i don't want to do that because then it's over yeah part of it is always in the back of the mind uh, I don't really, what if they don't like it? What if nobody mm. reads it? What if, how do I do this? That'll be momentary. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. You know, it's quarantine time. So yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are <laughs> smoothie life. Dude, I've been doing the same thing. My uh, my partner's a nurse, uh, so she's yeah. 
going to work still and uh it's always funny when i'm like gaming as she's getting ready to leave for work she'll be like sorry and then like the loudest like blender sound on earth <laughs> and in my head i'm just like why are you apologizing to me you're yeah. making this smoothie to give yourself the energy to go do a night shift at a hospital yeah. and my lazy butt is just sitting here playing red dead redemption 2 for the 15th hour like don't worry i've been rotating the same two outfits for the last month and a half yeah. <laughs> like i've I'm, I'm not put on any pants that are like stiffer than my beard yeah, yeah. Like, everything is this pair of shorts i'm wearing or there's two pairs of boxers and two there's a pair of shorts and a pair of track pants i've just been like i wear it wash it wear it wash it wear it wash yeah. it yeah i'm not in one the other one's washing i hang it up whatever and i put that on when i come out the shower it's like rotate yeah you you know it's true yeah comfort life is probably do you do you feel like that's going to turn you into one of those like the steve jobs of the world where they say like you just one of the things that those like hyper geniuses do is they wear one outfit because it limits they don't have to express use mental energy on oh, how no. they appear no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> can i curse on this yeah yeah by all means clean yeah no fuck no um <laughs> No, no, I, I, I am very much uh, grateful for the simplicity that this time is bringing, mm. but also like I miss my clothes. Yeah, I miss fashion. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not the most fashionable guy, but like, I like, I like, you know, I like my outfits, and I got some stuff. That yeah, <laughs> I, I like shoes, and I like, I like my one bones tops, and I, I like to just wear my stuff, and I haven't been because I have nowhere to go. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What's the point, right? <laughs> but so, sorry, I, what, did you ask? So, no, no. No, well, you the blender went, and then we we kept talking, and I right. kept talking. I gotta ask, man. So I, I, you know, I'm not in the the. Oh, actually, you know what? So today, when this whole thing, when I knew we were gonna be talking, there was one question that I really tried to like figure out how to formulate. So I'm gonna try my best to say it <laughs> properly right now. Okay. Because you know, sometimes you you're trying to th you get in your head in a world where we we are um so focused on we uh, we appreciate art but we don't necessarily see the value in the art mm. right so people are willing to go see a movie but they won't necessarily want to support the 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 book company where those books come from you know what i mean right right how do we try and explain to people that they're all connected and we should do our best to support all of it and we can't only support Excuse the me. major blockbusters all the time like how, Absolutely. Es essentially how do i get um, people to understand my comic book shop is gonna die and i want my comic book shop to survive and if you guys right. are going to these marvel movies but not supporting these comic book shops then the comic books don't live like how do i get what do i do wow wow wow, wow. that's a good question um in a world where yeah, I uh, tried, man. I tried. <laughs> you know, like one man, one desire. Uh, <laughs> so I would say, like, especially in recent years with like just the boom of everything, right? Mm. It's important that we. Hmm. Okay, that's a good question. You know, like I, it's I've honestly been thinking about it so much because I keep like my comic book shop guy called me up the other day and he's just like like I I owed him for like 12 issues that were there for me in my in my bag and I was just like mm. he's just like hey do you mind settling up and then coming to pick them up uh and I'm just like no of course not man and then him and I just start talking about the whole and the comic book industry right now is like a really weird mess where like the distributor the company that does this distribution for everybody has essentially said we're not delivering anything and then you know some of the comic book companies were just like well you can't just do that we still want our comics to be going out to people so they turned right. around and they started going to smaller distributors and one of the reasons having one distributor was a bad thing was because of this but one of the reasons it was good was because comic book shops saved a lot of money by ordering in bulk so when you're ordering like DC, Marvel, Image, Vertigo, Dark Horse, uh, uh, Icon, and all those different labels, you get a huge discount because you're ordering all of that bulk. And now he, mm. now because they shut down and no one's getting anything, he's turning around and having trouble. So that that really I, hit me that we spent <clears throat> all this money on movies, but I think I think it's I think it's like twofold or more than onefold, mm. whatever that expression is. Uh, 
because there's there's the art and then there's the business of it right mm. so in terms of the art being consumed by people like stuff like black panther or marvel anything avengers whatever um we're all gonna love we all love these things right we're all gonna go out there and see the thing because it's not about seeing the movie it's about having the experience in the theater with everybody true when you see captain america pick up thor's oh. hammer you know what i mean oh sir just, what a moment that scene Ten years of character building, yo, facts, in films, and then just decades of comics, and then you finally see it happen, and <sighs> everybody's losing their shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's so, a... like just look on your face right now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Big moments. But then yeah. there's the business, business, business side of it of like, how do we sell the things? Mm. How do we get the money? How do we make the profit? And sadly, a lot of the local or smaller things usually mm. fall through the cracks because, you know what? I'm, I'm not even gonna say that. I think at the end of the day, if something is good, mm-hmm. like really good, if something's great, people yeah. will take it in, consume it, buy it, whatever. Mm. But if it's if if something is better than that, that's what's going to get the attention. Okay. And so, like, I think it's important that we act locally, think globally in terms of like getting the art out. But you know, even like when I started doing theater when I was you know young. You know, everything was here, small plays, mm-hmm. uh, no budget, low budget. And then, you know, I move up, I go to theater school, I do the Shakespeare in the Park stuff, and I'm making like, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like now recently, like, you know, in recent years, I've, I've been on stage at Canada's National Arts Center like a whole bunch of times. Amazing. I just had like my 14th callback for Hamilton on oh, Broadway. Dude, like, that's dope. Yeah, like, but like things things can't get to that level sometimes unless you start where you are. Yeah, you make that really good. And yeah, then you build it, build it, build it. And sometimes when people try to jump the gun or think, oh man, I did those three things, I'm fucking great. Yeah, and then they want to like go to Hollywood. I'm like, yeah, that happens sometimes, but really? Yeah. Like, okay, what if they what if they throw you the opportunity and you're not ready for it? Mm. Then what? You know, then you've wasted it anyway. So I think in terms of animators, in terms of writers, in terms of directors, actors, whatever, whatever your thing is, you got to make it good. You got to make it so that you can do the thing when called upon and you got to make it like good is not good enough. Good is just yeah, like, you know, that's that's what the base should be. But yeah. it's got to be great and it's got to be your best. It's got to be your voice. Otherwise, somebody else whose voice is authentic, who's doing the great thing, their stuff is going to get consumed and that's sadly the reality um and marvel and you know not to harp on marvel but like all these films now you see everybody um they make things at such a high caliber quality their budget is so crazy yeah that un- unless you're doing something that's really fucking interesting and nobody got time for that yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. just how it is it's facts man it's yeah i mean i i remember i was listening to a podcast and someone was explaining that once the MCU started building momentum, uh, every studio that you walked into wanted you to have a universe and not just a story. And yeah. they were saying it was hard because you can't, not everyone plans a universe. Most people don't plan a universe. Like, right. you know, it's not like, and, and that's one of the things I think it brings it back to what I was saying. M- Marvel didn't start as a universe. You know, they were, they were right. creating characters who happened to be in the same world, but it was kind of just like, you know, and I always think about this when something insane happens in the Fantastic Four in the comic book. Sp- why, why, what doesn't Spider Man show up if he lives mm. in New York too? Right, but Down that's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that was the thing, right? Like you have Daredevil, you have Luke. They all live in New York, but something's happening. Yeah. And you're reading this story, and you were talking like huge fights in downtown New York where Spider Man is throwing someone through a window, and none of the other superheroes hear anything about it or show up. And that was the that was the old school approach. It was just like this right. character lives in New York, but these are his story, and these characters live in New York, and this is their story. But then you started putting everything together in universes, and you did that for like you were saying decades of storytelling. But now you at the movie studio want someone to walk through the door with a universe <laughs> planned out that <laughs> compared to these guys who's been doing it for forty fifty years. But we want you in two weeks to have planned this universe <laughs> out for us. <laughs> And also, and they want like they want the same thing, right? They want the formula. Mm. They're like, who's the leader? Yeah. Who's like the the woman with half the costume? Yeah, on? Yeah. Who's 
the aquatic <laughs> character. Like, you know, they, they all, they just want a formula because yeah. they see that that works and they want to copy it and make their money. Yeah. And so to take a risk on a new idea, it's harder, but it, like it happens all the time. People get yeah. through even gaming companies. You see all these little indie companies, yeah. you know, make, make, make their way through and, and make these great games, but the games have to be great. The concepts yeah. and people behind it have to be like on top of their shit. Yeah, you've you've done voiceover for games. You've done mocap for games. Uh, you know what is it like? What, what first of all, what's the huge difference between what you can do with mocap and acting versus what you do with? I mean, besides the obvious, because I, I mean, mm. you're, you're obviously not in a leotard with like the dots and the things when you're on right. stage. <laughs> but like, what are the biggest differences in acting that that you that you felt or noticed between the two? Whew, I mean, like, there's a lot of freedom. There's so much freedom in the mocap studio. Mm. Um, to date, I've worked on maybe like somewhere between 45 and 50 games. God damn! Um, Every yeah, time I hear like... you say that, that sounds so fucking amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of wild in the last decade how much games have evolved, mm. and and especially in Montreal because. You know, this is the hub of so many great ideas yeah. technologically and all the studios started here. So, um, you know, I've been I've been in like eight Assassin's Creed games. I played wow. Leeds in three of them. Uh, all the Far Cry games, all the Deus Ex games, all of the Division Watchdog games. Like, yeah. I've done all those. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot. I would say there's a lot. Being in a mocap suit is like the marriage between being on set for a, a film and being on stage for theater oh, interesting. because you don't get to do like a part of a scene in a mocap suit. You do the entirety of the whole scene. It could be 14 pages. It could be seven pages. It could be three lines, but you do the whole thing. Yeah. In the room, there's like 142 cameras ja. all over, all over the place, like infrared cameras, getting all of your body's movement. Then you have on the helmet getting your facial movement. Yeah. And then you have microphones getting all your audio performance at the same time. So, and there's other camera guys in the room with HD cameras. Yeah. Like filming it like, like a movie. Um, so they can like zoom in and move things if they want to, to get more cinematic and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, when they edit it. So you, you really get, get the freedom, all the freedom just to play and, and imagine the world's, around you because there's no set usually there's like some crates or some like foam swords mm -hmm. and you have to see you know the ocean you have to see the buildings you got to see oh. you know vampires or whatever it is you just have to imagine it that is and you have a this big 40 foot volume to, to do that yeah and sometimes it's really daunting and sometimes it's really easy but uh every game is completely different mm. and depending on who's like what the team is directing the game and producing it and you know they everybody has a different style or feel that they want but uh yeah it's it's, it's really freeing to be in the, it's kind of like it's a whole new world between theater and film for sure yeah has there ever been because uh, the way you described it uh, so you're using your imagination they've kind of given you the idea of what it's good, gonna look like has there yeah. ever been an instance where you've imagined it and then what you saw was even more amazing than you imagined Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's some things I'm like, oh yeah, you guys are gonna make that? Okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then while I'm doing it, I'm like, this is gonna be terrible. Yeah. And then, but then you see it, and it's like, oh wow, they they pulled that off. I never thought that would look like that. Or yeah. And sometimes while you're doing it, like live in the room, you can see your skeleton walking through like different shapes mm, to okay. get the idea of it, like live. Yeah. So it's like, oh okay, you see the scale of things and how things. Inter interact and connect and whatever but until you see it fully polished you know delivered on the console it's it's a whole different process and and the important thing with any type of acting especially in a mocap suit um that's not that's not my job right mm -hmm. doing the seeing the finished product is not my job that's mm -hmm. there's going to be tons of animators and editors yeah. and colorists and people shading the left side of the building for two years <laughs> that, yeah true seriously literally yeah yeah like, no, that's... Guy, that's, that's his job right god damn it's like that's but i can't think of the finished product i just got to do the scene yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay and that's so, cool like that's 
when you when you put that into perspective, like everybody has their role to play until the thing is finished and you don't have to be the finished product. You just got to do what you got to do yeah. and tell the story and be the character. And then they get to, you know, bring you to life really. Yeah. So, it's cool. It kind of takes the pressure off and makes it fun. Oh yeah. Yo shit. I didn't even think about that. I would feel, yeah. I mean, already I'm not an actor. So just if I was thrown into that situation, I'd already be freaked out. But even if I was an actor, I'd like to, <laughs> I would hope that I would be able to let go the way you're describing. Cause I feel like I'm the type of person where, I, I like to try and visualize things. So I'd be constantly be trying to visualize what they're going to do. And I feel like right. I'd get in my head so much trying to like, and, but you're right that the whole idea that dude, you do your part because someone else is going to build so much around you that you, you just, you're, you, you are acting in the role, but the the character is more than just you. It's, it's a team mm. that's building this person that they're that these people mm. are going to play at or this NPC that they're going to interact with and whatnot. And let me link it back to what you were, where you started talking about at the beginning, like in terms of spirituality, right? Like, mm. let's say this, um, I like, I like this analogy. Somebody told me one time, let's say you're on a highway driving from Toronto to Montreal at nighttime, mm -hmm. right? You like your GPS tells you, okay, this is the route, 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 whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is where you go. But all you can see in front of you while you're driving is like the six feet that your car is lighting up. Yeah, yeah. On the highway. You just got to trust that the highway is there, that it's oh. there, that it's there, that it's there, that it's there. All the way across. Like, that's life, literally, for me. Like, I don't know what. Hot damn. I, I know I know where I'm going. Yeah. But it's more important how I'm getting there. The destination is always, like, secondary to the journey. You know that is mean? one hell of an Dude, that is... That's dope. <laughs> that is that is a really great because, analogy. Like, well, because when it's not like when people are like, no, I'm going there and I know how I'm getting there and I know what's going to happen. It's like, oh, yeah. And then yeah. you get on the road and you get a detour. Or yeah. You get, like, you know, somebody calls and your building's on fire. Oh, detour. Yeah. Oh, you had this breakup. Detour. Oh, shit. You broke your leg. Detour. Oh, you lost your wallet. Detour. Like, Fuck. that's literally yeah. like, so it's like <laughs> when you let go of, when you let go of the destination yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just like be now yeah. here, moment, 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 six feet, six feet, six feet, be in the moment. Someone else is going to edit it once, once the finished product is done. It's not your responsibility. Yeah. Like it's your responsibility to be, you know, a good human being and not a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you can't control the world, right? Yeah. All you can, all you, all you're in charge of is yourself, and what you do with your time now, and now, and now, and now, and that's uh, you know sometimes I, most times I fail, but that's how I try. <laughs> that's how I try to live because I respect that though, <laughs> and especially during all this quarantine shit. Like it's, I'm usually the annoying optimist in every circle of mm. friends. I'm like, I'm the sponge. I'm the owl. I'm the anchor. Oh yeah, similarly. Been, yeah, I've I've been fucking useless oh dude publicly. yeah <laughs> like, it's dude been, i it's it, dude it's, it's i get terrible. that vibe. like yeah i've like every it's hour to hour i gotta check in and be like am i staying on this side of the couch today or this side of the couch <laughs> yeah let me go on this side of the couch and it's like that's my day really? yeah yo dude i, it's, I, I it's hard for me to, to think that but it's yeah go ahead <laughs> no 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 but I, I was gonna say like i i, I my friends jokingly because i love transformers so my friend jokingly calls me opti optimist prime because i'm just always optimistic about everything and when the situation right. started uh i i like to also live in facts so <laughs> when it all started and people were just like this is how the situation is playing out I like looked at it and I was just like, okay, we're looking at like six to eight weeks of, you know, of quarantine and isolation. We're going to flatten the curve. Uh, and then my partner who works at the hospital that like, you know, nurses and stuff are getting like these updated reports from the hospital regularly about what's going on. Yeah. So she's telling me like, you know, and I, t I even made it public on my podcast. I think the day she told me when we did the episode for Geektastic, I was just like, just a heads up folks that it's six to eight weeks for us to try and flatten the curve. But the major thing is until we get a vaccine, this thing is going to keep cycling back. So yeah. we, we're going to have to, we are going to live either in quarantine or in this new world where there's social distancing, wearing masks, wearing gloves and following those types of protocols until a vaccine is developed. And I was just like, and I was saying it to myself more than saying it to the people who are listening. Like I was telling myself like, 
this is what's going to happen. And I was like trying to tell myself, be optimistic because that there's a plan. There's like a logical plan. But then I turn on the news and the news is just like, uh, you know, presidents telling people (laughs) to drink Clorox or whatever. And people like going to church and saying, I'm covered in the blood of Christ. I'm going to be good. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, what is happening right now? And like the optimist in me was just like, it's okay. You can't control stupid. Just stay on your path. But at the same time, a small voice is just like, but they're going to ruin everything for everybody. And I was like, "Uh oh, (laughs) man, let me tell you, there's um, yeah, I tried. I've been failing, but I've been trying not to look at Twitter too much or Mm. or CNN and all this shit. I like to keep up daily with what's happening in the world and what's happening especially global uh locally rather yeah um here in quebec but chester cheeto is crazy <laughs> anyway like when when all this started so i was i was in toronto uh sh- shooting on season two of the show that i'm on nurses yeah um and we were like you know mid-episode and i got my call time for the next day cool and then I also get a follow-up email right after being like, oh, we're going to shut everything down Hot for two damn. weeks because of the spread of this thing. So, you know, we're just going to take a small hiatus. And everybody's like, cool. A day after that, we realized this is not going to be a two-week hiatus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was, you know, I was by myself there locked up for a couple of weeks just to, you know, stay safe and whatever. Yeah. And as I'm watching the TV, like nonstop, just looking at screens, my life became screens. Yeah. My phone's there, my iPad's there, the TV was there. And I'm like, why am I looking at screens all day? You know, I brought two books with me. I'm not reading them. <laughs> um, you know, like. Escaping my like, imagination. Why am, I, why am I becoming obsessed with this thing? And it was just like this spiral of being, wanting to be in some type of control. And mm, mm, again, yes. you can't. Because yeah. life itself is one thing, but then you add this pandemic to the mix and it's like, really? Like, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. And so it became like this, even now, like I, I try to stay off Twitter, but it's like daily. Yeah. There's something that is just so crazy yeah. <laughs> that happens usually down there. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I'm like, what is, what is like, are we that fucking stupid? <laughs> Yo, okay. Yo, big... people are outside protesting. <laughs> yeah. A pandemic. How do you protest, Doc? How do you protest a pandemic? And then you're gonna get sick. Yeah. And go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And then... People are now learning what it is to be pro-choice. Yeah, like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know right, yo, yo. That has been it's, one of my uh... favorite memes. Where it's just like, oh, it's funny how the government needs to stay off of our bodies when it's right. when it's you know like. They have to control our bodies when it's abortion, but when it comes to protecting the greater good of a entire city, county, all that stuff, it's just like, nah, man, forget that. You can't control me. I should be it's, out in these streets. It's, it's these people like, I need a haircut. Yo. I need lawn fertilizer. Oh my god, what's what's it's it's, it's infringing on our American right, dude. Like, it is. You know, you have to you have to be alive to have rights. Yo, so how the fuck are you gonna do that if you're dead? from coronavirus it is the most interesting thing to see i don't get it i don't get it <laughs> people take like and i me- I remember when An- evangeline lily did initially talked about it and had that huge backlash uh where she talked about how you know like she was taking pictures and posting and everyone's just like oh you should be in quarantine you should be ashamed and she's just like i you know i'm immunocompromised and so is my dad so people are even more upset they're just like wait what and then she had to backpedal and apologize when word got out that, you know, supposedly Disney was talking about maybe getting someone else for the Wasp. All of a sudden, these apologies started showing up. And I remember oh thinking, God. like, wow, I hope, like, I was just like, hopefully she got the message. This is a serious thing. But then to see, like, she's not the only one who has that mentality. Like, I can't. Yeah. Like, I, you know, and, and at least when she said it, when I read what she wrote and explained she was trying to say like she apologized and said like no i you know i I definitely wasn't as informed as i should have been and i should have been careful what i was saying on my platform and she started to explain i was just like okay i might give you a little bit of a pass you get a little bit of rope because you you know it sounds like you just generally didn't realize what was going on but some of these other people it's been like a month and a half of this you you it's crazy you saying you want to go get your hair did it's crazy like you what who you uh, like why? <laughs> why? Also, like, you know, 
you, whoever wants to do your hair is it because that's the the flip side right and this is this is the only way and the only side that I'm, I'm starting to give them a little bit of understanding is capitalism is set up in such a way that mm. so many people are hurting like someone tweeted uh our entire economy shouldn't crash because we can't eat out every night Mm. And I was just like, "Shit, that might be that's a pretty heavy statement, but that might be facts right there." Because like, like there are there are other ways to live besides yo. capitalist models. Like, yeah, there are lots of other and all over the world there are other ways to live that happen every day. But you like that's that's literally what it is. It's like yeah. we need fried chicken. We need yeah, fries. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we need. Do you like? We need to be able fucking, to spend. Every commercial on TV right now is like in this difficult time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we get it, Arby's. It's a difficult time. I don't want your cheeseburger. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. I'm like, what is what's happening? Like, here's ten percent off coupon. Uh, shit, you know, we get it, Arby's. So That's a fucking great line. <laughs> fucking, fucking dumb, bro. Yo, yeah, man. I mean, this quarantine stuff has been pretty intense. It's it's you know it's a it's a serious thing. Uh, like this whole thing started with me doing these daily podcasts because I got laid off. And I remember when I was on the call, you know, being uh, sad and upset and then but also realizing like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. The, the field that I was in, I was programming playlists for retail and public spaces and commercial spaces. So I understand that when there are no commercial spaces open, you don't yeah. need someone to program the music. And I got that and I wasn't upset with them. And I, but it's just the, those crazy domino effects of like. You know, we close yeah. the businesses and then these people get put on on layoffs and then these people can't spend money. So these other businesses have to. And I was just like, man, that domino is that domino is a little scary. It's a little scary because yeah. um, because it affects everybody. Like, I don't know if you've seen what's happening out west right now in, in mm. Vancouver on the Fresh Coast. They're like the city has been putting a lot of people who are homeless in hotels. Oh, OK. Because they realize, you know, as this domino happens and people, you know, start to go back outside, the people who were outside the whole time, yeah, might affect everyone else, and yes. they should be taken care of too, right? So, okay, thank so God. I was wondering. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I gotta read of, up on that. Yeah, at first there were like little tense towns, but like people have actually been putting, um, have people are actually having been put in hotels yeah to, to to protect them and make sure they're okay and care for them and like i think of it in terms of once so let's say you know this this wave mm -hmm. you know slows down and yeah. then they start you know reopening things like i don't know how you close an economy but yeah they reopen the economy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody like the economy is like a I, I, like a door there's just a door to the economy you just close it you're like there we go guys <laughs> I, I was i was working with uh with june diane rayfield from uh frankie and drake on, on this movie long shot dope yeah um and uh she tweeted the other day she's like um can someone get me tickets to the reopening of the economy i want to invite <laughs> it's like yeah. what an absurd thing it's true it's like how do you reopen something that not closed anyway yeah. um but it's like our my line of work for instance it's it's very very intimate very people mm, yeah. based yeah, yeah you know a film set a tv set has hundreds of people on it every day yeah and you know it's hard to do a scene without touching somebody or you know on a show like nurses to not yeah, oh i mean be in a hospital yo, yo, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> touching patients taking temperatures and it's like whenever we get to start back it's going to be one i think it's going to be delayed a lot yeah because of you know everybody outside protesting now and all this shit. Yeah. But the other thing is like the whole model of how we have to work safely is going to have to be reinvented, and it's a scary thought because Yo, it means work say. is going to be out for a while. So, you know, we're all just here trying to figure out what the fuck to do. And when ah, you don't damn. feel creative in your home, and it's yeah. like shit. Yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. I guess it's this side of the couch today. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yo man uh, i didn't i didn't even think about it like in my head i was just like yeah once tv starts back it starts back everyone just jumps back in the pool they just all have to wear a mask until they get in front of the camera then it's just like you like take off the mask yeah. and throw it over to the side and you do your scene <clears> and then you run over to someone with purell wipe your hands put your mask back on you but i mean no there's like like you said hundreds of people interacting moving yeah. stuff equipment touching 
Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I do you know Vincent uh, Stephen Ong, the the, uh, the yeah. band leader? Yeah. So Vincent and I are going to be talking on the show. This episode's going to air on Friday, but for those of you who don't know, it's being recorded on Monday. Um, but I, I I'm uh, I'm going to be talking. To <laughs> Hope Vin- I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Oh no! Knock on wood. Knock on wood, good sir. Um. But yeah, no, Vincent and I were talking about it because I don't know if you saw his Facebook, but pretty early on in this whole situation, he was pointing out that, you know, can we, uh, I, he's, he's, and he, he, he prefaced it because a lot of people were taking it negatively right from jump, but he was trying to say like, I'm not saying I'm okay with losing 3% of the population or the elderly or whatever the death rate was. I'm just saying, are, can we look at it at, does it have to be, the elderly and uh, and Im- immunocompromised people or the economy and the economy of small business there has to be a way for us to figure out how to do both and mm. and and survive and then he had a link to a cbc article that talked about taiwan and how taiwan was still rolling and you know the kids and dude i got to say and like you were saying you know there're different structures and different uh, approaches around the world and Seeing the fact that I was watching Jesus and Mero, and that there was a a clip, a baseball, uh, a on field baseball fight at a stadium in Taiwan at a baseball game during this pandemic, mm. had me thinking like, well, they had someone figured something out that, <laughs> like, how are these guys having baseball games? <laughs> like, <gasps> like, what did they do? And and then it makes me wonder, like, are in North America, are we so proud that we don't want to take nods from or, or uh, you know, steal a page from the book of Taiwan or whoever else figured out? Like, why? What is it that we're doing that these guys are doing differently? Because like you're saying, if you're going to go back to set, there's a lot of steps in place before yeah. people are going to feel comfortable. But these motherfuckers are playing baseball and having a brawl on the field. And I'm like, well, the, like they showed the clip and there's like 40 of them in a tight group fighting. And I'm like, OK, well, if one person has it, they're all getting it. But no, they know no one has it because they've done something. So, you know, there's one thing I've realized during all this is that, yes. To answer your question, yeah, there is there's so much pride on mm, this side of yeah. the globe, especially that things exist to learn from, like literally literally you know what i did like two weeks ago i couldn't sleep at like 4 30 in the morning i'm like mm. oh it's a good idea let's watch contagion oh okay? god why <laughs> oh no because <laughs> i couldn't sleep but i'm like oh well there's nothing better to do i watched that in okay. january on a lark by the way before all this Bro, and I, that really messed oh with me god. anyways sorry that is literally a roadmap yo for what is happening yeah and still yeah nobody's listening I, like, I know. <laughs> it's literally like from the bat like yeah. everything is like literally like the numbers yeah. are there's phrases that there's the Lord's first burn who's my favorite like I'm like nigga is saying exactly <laughs> what Fauci we and- need to hear <laughs> and still nobody is like yeah. listening to the art right it's like oh my god like what are we gonna do yeah so a baseball a baseball game is not gonna change the minds over here <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, nah, yeah, you you, you just wild. you just made a really solid statement though. Like the art was telling us, and that that's big. That's a big statement. Like it's, it always is. It always that is. is yeah, the good stuff always is because that's that's the job, right? James Baldwin, I think, said like, if I love you, the the role of the artist is the same as the lover. Because mm. if I love you, I have to show you things about yourself that you don't want to see. Hot damn. Okay, and it's like. That's what good art does. It shows you yourself. It shows you the world. It's a mirror to society. Yeah. Uh, that's that's film. That's theater. That's video games. That's everything. That's all the stuff that we're talking about. All the Marvel stuff that we yeah. love. People connect to that because they see themselves in it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why it it connects to us. But when when you don't want to see that, it's yeah, like, it's a whole cognitive dissonance thing that that is crazy, but. Yo, dude. I got I, no hope. No hope. No, yeah. not today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like we said, man, it, it's hard being an optimist in this situation. I, 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 and I, you know, to everyone out there who, like, I have some friends that I know turn to me to be the optimist. I know for a fact, like, they'll be like, they'll message me and be like, okay, man, you got to hit me up. Like, I need some of that jolly positive vibe. 
and I, and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You laugh because you probably got some of those messages too. Like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm scared because when I when I don't have it, exactly, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all done. It's over. <laughs> and that's what I said to them. I was just like, yo, I gotta be honest with you. There ain't none on this side of the either. But <laughs> I, I will tell you this. We can commiserate together and, and slowly go insane because, you know, we'll just have to all go to therapy after. And that's the thing. I feel like we're all just going to be going to a, a lot of therapy after this. And I'm OK with that. I've I, you know, there have been times where I've thought maybe the maybe talking to a therapist would be good. I've never spoken to one um, in our community. Yeah, no, I've never spoken to one. And, you know, in our community, like it, it, growing up, it oh, yeah. wasn't something that was yeah. discussed. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't take inside, inside things outside. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and especially As if it's some betrayal, it's like, yeah, yeah. Nigga, take care of yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm hurting y'all because I need to talk out the things that are hurting me. No, right. I'm not doing it to you. I'm trying to fix wow. myself, but yeah, you know, so culturally it's always been that thing of like, do, do I need it? And you know, my best friend and I, uh, my best friend's uh, South Asian and him and I literally always say, you got to laugh because if not, you just cry. And we just end up laughing at some of the stuff that we <laughs> genuinely afterwards will say to each other, like, you know, I really do think I should talk to someone about that. <laughs> but then we laugh when we say that. And that's the crazy part. But like, even even before this, even before all this, that is always my go to of um, of healing is, is comedy, is laughter, yeah. is you know, if I'm uncomfortable, I make a joke until mm. I take it really seriously. Like I'm annoying that way, but it's, it's that thing of like, <laughs> I've been watching nonstop, like, you know, comedians and standups that I love Yeah. Uh, watching insecure, watching all these comedies, watching so good. You know, 85 South show DC young fly and these guys, like, it's just, you find stuff. I find stuff rather that makes me feel that I can release like joy. Yeah. 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 Cause that's, that's my coping mechanism. That's mm. how I, that's how I, that's my shield. That's how I deal with the things. I like to feel better yeah. instead of just like, Oh, but what if, but what if, but what if, and then I'm like, Oh, oh kill me now. Yeah. Cause it gets, it gets real heavy real fast. So it's like, how do you release? How do you keep your lungs like, you know, in and out? How do you, how do you just find laughter? And that's literally what I've been doing unconsciously. Now that I think about it, uh, but I guess it is consciously on some level yeah. that I've just been finding ways to laugh and smile and watch shit that is like makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, energy and it's transferable, right? Yeah. Like it vibrates and I was going like, to say it's it's one of those yeah. things of like, you know, we some people say fake it till you make it. But in the in this case, it's more just like uh, like program yourself to make it like. Yeah. My my brain is just like, okay, I need you to have a release of endorphins and like positive uh, vibes. So I'm, I'm going to keep kind of pushing you to watch comedy and good and content right. that makes you happy. So that's it. In my case, I'm, I'm watching like, I, I'm, I'm a weirdo uh, and I, I actually should <clears throat> ask you cause you're an actor. So, uh, but I watch a lot of TV shows at 1.5 speed. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's. I, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that in one Wait, second. We'll talk about that in one that. second. Why, why you do that? <laughs> but I watch a lot of TV at one point five speed, uh, and I and I just find like I've been watching a lot of like I watch a show Twenties, uh, that BET show. Yeah. Uh, oh, Lena. it's amazing! Oh, dude! Oh my god! It is so yeah. good. Like I, 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 I like it's one of those shows. Uh, so one of the things is my and the guys on my podcast always tease me about it. Like I watch TV at 1.5 speed and if something's really good, I'll watch it at one at one X because I like it so much <laughs> that I'll stop speed that's watching. Although that's funny to me. That's yeah, funny. I know. I know. I have a lot of friends. Because who... you want to get through a lot of things? Yeah, dude. Like I watch in one week. I will like I've watched in, in this weekend alone. I watched the entire run of Gangs of London from Sky, that new series. I watched, <laughs> yeah. I watched uh, the, the movie The Gentleman. I've watched the entire run of uh, Tacoma FD season two. I've watched wow. the oh no, sorry, I finished season one because I realized I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't finish it. Finished season one, caught up in season two. Uh, what like, like if I gave you the list of everything I watched just this weekend alone, you'd be like, how is that possible? And it's because I watch them at one point five. I know, and I know that. <laughs> I regularly have people tell me like, you know, you're messing with your ability to process content, right? Like you are speeding through it that when you start watching things at regular speed, they're going to feel weird. And I know, 
I know that. I, I accept wow. that now. I do. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. See, whenever I talk to people That's who... interesting. Yeah. yeah it's... it's... I know. It's because I, 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 so I started doing it at first because I just always wanted to watch so much stuff so I could talk about it on my podcast. But then it just yeah. turned into always watching everything at that speed because I was just always watching everything at that speed. Yeah. And do you find you don't have the, the intended experience that the creators designed? Oh, well, that's... Oh, yes. Yeah. So my buddy... Like, Br- the, like any like pauses or like dramatic things... Do you find like you experience that the same way everybody else does or I go too fast? I truly believe I still experience them. I don't think I experience them the way the director, creator, writer, actor, like all the different parts that are put together to make a scene a scene. I don't necessarily think I, I got it the way they may have intended, but I still think I get the the weight of those moments i still you know like one i think one of the best examples i always give people is the comedic pause like when i'm watching a comedy the comedic pause and the delivery is still there it's sped up though so if it's if the if the timing is like for me it's like i still i still get it i just delivered differently yeah and i and i and you know like so, and some a lot of people are just like, well, you obviously aren't retaining everything then. And I, <laughs> but then I'll have conversations with people about TV shows, and I remember more than they do. And I remember right. the way the scenes were set up. And I remember, like, I think the first episode of Titans when it first started, there was a shot, and there was like a specific thing about the lighting and a the security camera and how the room was set up. And none of my friends caught that, but I watched that first episode at 1.5 speed the first time caught it mm. and then rewatched the episode at one speed to make sure I didn't miss anything. And you know, people who all watched it once or even more times than me and didn't even notice that. And I was just like, okay, so obviously I'm not missing things. Mm. I know. Well, you're wired. You're wired differently. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Yeah. When I got to, when I was lucky enough to talk to, I was invited to, to uh, interview Spike Lee um, one of my friends dared me to tell him that I do that, and I I chickened out obviously because I didn't want to get backhanded <laughs> by one of the <laughs> most amazing. You know, he, you know, you know, he likes to talk shit. Oh, dude, I I I just brought up how much I love VHS, and he started talking shit. <laughs> he was like, "No, no, watch that in 4K." Like he started just he started just saying like, "Why are you no, watching?" <laughs> one time, uh, wow, what was the name of the movie? We was in the screening of. Um... His, not his last film. It was like one of his last four films. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Recent films? Because uh, it's what? Black Klansman and then... Uh, no, Inside. Not two before that. Not Red Hook Brooklyn. The one before that. It oh. was like um, these Christians who were like vampires. <laughs> um, that does sound dope. <laughs> but like somebody was like, um, wow, what an interesting movie, Mr. Lee. Thank you for your for your time. What was the, what was the symbolism of the, the image at the end? He's like... What'd you think of me? <laughs> <laughs> he just like ripped into this lady. And I'm like, she's trying to get up. She's waiting like at the microphone for 10 minutes to ask him a question. And he's just like, man, what, what the fuck you think of me? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to answer that. You, 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 you make it up for yourself. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, like, I understand what he's trying to say, but it's like, don't be a dick about it. Like, I like Spike Lee. Oh, I have dude. all his, everything, every box set, every, everything. But like, it's funny you mentioned 20s, uh, yeah, that show is uh, it's really great. Yeah, I'm glad. Like Selena Waith is um, a genius. Yes, I really like her work. Yes, and uh, shout, shout out to Gabrielle Graham. She's that's my buddy. She's from Toronto. Who plays? Um, she plays. What's her name on the show? She's like the actor on the show. Oh, Nia. Yeah, yeah, she plays Nia. That girl's from. Um, she's from Toronto. Yeah, we uh, we work together on uh, Twenty One Thunder. It's on Netflix. You can watch that. Dope. Yo, dude, um, she's great. She is really good on that show. She's amazing. She's like, she's she's the next one up. She's like, you know, now that Hollywood has her, they're like, yeah. oh, she, she. I think she has like two horror movies coming out too this year. So, yeah, she's my crush. Yeah, but like, twenties uh, is it's an interesting <laughs> conversation because I'm like, man, if this existed when we were in our twenties, I don't know that like these conversations. Yeah, I, what am I trying to say? The art is. It's not that people are making space for these stories now. It's that people are realizing, let me just shut the fuck up mm. and let the people that are supposed to tell the story tell the story. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I find everything that is from Lena Waite's pen 
you know, Queen and Slim. Yeah. Um, oh, the I shy. love Queen and Slim. I, I've had so many debates about Queen and Slim. It's great. Because she just, like, she goes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And visual, visually, like, she tells stories visually. Yeah. That you don't have to talk about. It's like, oh, we know why her hair is like that. We know why he drives that car. We know why, yeah. you know, they, a, they would they would run from this situation. Yeah. And the cultural from significance. From the north to the south, like, it's 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 such a smart way of storytelling but yeah i keep thinking about like how even during all this you know the thing that keeps everybody sane and keeps everybody together for the most part mm. is entertainment it's art yes yeah. like it's it's the artist that always you know it's people are going to music movies tv to get through it but yeah still, oftentimes the artists are the ones who get the least amount of Yo, funding or love you or just, any type of support. You brought it back to what I was saying before. You brought it back it's to crazy. what I was saying at the beginning. It really is. And man, that's a good point. Like the thing that is helping most people get through this is the one thing that I feel we don't value as much. And I'm hoping once this is over that people will start being like, yo, we really need to value this stuff because it helped yeah. us get through a pandemic. I like, yeah, like every every show I watch, everybody. This is yeah. every every Republican or conservative Everyone. politician. Yeah, they go home and they're watching TV. Yeah, they're listening to music. They're listening yeah. to fucking whoever they listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, but it's like there's 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 not a person on the planet that doesn't that doesn't go to some form of entertainment. Could be a board game, could be yeah. a comic book, or whatever it is that is still coming from some artistic avenue that needs. The support now more than ever yeah and how do we do that when it's like we don't know what tomorrow brings right yeah man that was so great thank you man dude this conversation yeah, has been amazing i've had such an amazing time talking with you like i just i feel like there's stuff i didn't even touch on that i in my head before oh I... we, didn't, we didn't we didn't talk about anything <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking shit, but yeah, no, I appreciate you and I appreciate you keeping this going. Uh, final thoughts. I'll just say, uh, just be kind if possible to each other. Yeah. Uh, go watch, uh, go watch. Let me plug some shit. Go watch long shot. Yes. Uh, it's a really good movie. Uh, amazing. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Uh, and yeah, just do what you got to do to, to see tomorrow. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much, Tristan. This has been amazing. Uh, I'm definitely going to hit you up to have another conversation because I realized one yeah, thing sure. I, I wanted to talk about, and I don't... Maybe we could even talk about... Uh, when when I saw you, Bean Duck at, did that panel at Comic-Con, and you yes. and Goldfarb talked about the the type of like union and the intellectual property of your mocap being saved and reused. <clears throat> that was one thing and when we were talking about it before I, I wanted to talk about but then we went on so many great tangents that I didn't get a chance to mm. uh, is that is that something we could talk about right now do you think we have time that's a big conversation but uh, let's let's save it let's save it yeah we'll save it okay because I, I definitely yeah. want I feel like there's a lot to be said on, in that and uh, I want to have that conversation yeah, so okay well then that just means we got to come back man I really appreciate this oh, hey dude I, mean, I, I have nothing but time literally okay I'll hit you up soon then <laughs> Thank you so very I'll much. Be on the couch. <laughs> on this side or that side? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this side, yeah. All right. Cool, uh, you know, and oh, your socials. That's the one thing I was trying to sign off with uh, to let. <clears throat> oh, what? yeah. Um, on IG and Twitter, it's TD Lala, T D L A L L A. And on uh, Facebook, is uh, just type in Tristan D Lala, mm. and my fan page will pop up. Dope. Okay, folks, that's pretty cool. much it. That was the whole the the whole t discussion. But there's so much more to be discussed. And uh, again, thank you to Tristan. And we'll be back with another one very very soon, folks. And that's another edition of Not a Journalist with Brian Holiday. You guys can find more episodes on brianholiday.com. That's B R I A N. H-O-L-I-D-A-E. Also, follow me on all social media platforms at Brian Holiday. If you guys want to support me, make sure to check out my coffee page. That's ko-fi.com slash Brian Holiday. And if you have something to say, you can leave a message at anchor.fm slash not-a-journalist slash message. And I'll add it to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.